Hello. Hi. <laughs> hello. I thought we were doing creepy hellos today. Mine wasn't meant to be creepy, but apparently we so. Just, we, we exacerbated it. It's just my natural creep. Um. <laughs> Have you guys seen that um, parish council meeting that's been going viral? I've seen it, but I've not watched it. Like I see, I've seen it loads, but I've not actually watched it yet. It's very, very funny. You need to watch it. It's like the most drama-filled parish council meeting that you could actually like. Everyone's seen it, um, and it's basically this poor lady's like trying to chair a meeting, and everyone's like swearing at her, and she like keeps removing people from the meeting. It's really funny. Oh my god. That sounds bad. Is is it a bit dramatic like that um, Facebook thread that that people always make into memes and it's like, Karen with the thin lips stole my recipe or something. Watch your back. Like, watch who your friends are. (laughs) Yeah, if you watch the full video, um, there's like an 18 minute video and within 15 seconds someone says fuck off. (laughs) And it's like elderly people on Zoom. What and so this is a church meeting? No, no, it's a parish council. So it's it's like, uh, it's like a, yeah, uh-huh, like a local. What's the parish? I don't know. <laughs> a, par- a parish is the area surrounding a church. Right, that's where I got church from. I'm sure it was churchy. Okay, are you ready for question one? Yeah. I was wondering about how kids build muscle. Is it the same type of muscle as you build later in life? For context, some of the handball teammates I have started playing at six years old. Today, they don't resistance train, but are so strong and defined. I know you always say it's so easy to keep your muscle, um, but is it even more the case if you build it early in life? That's a really good question, and I have absolutely no idea the answer, so I'm sure Emma does. Andy does. Um so I'll say what I think of this and then Andy can add in as well like I don't think it's particularly different I think you can learn a lot especially about like controlling your body when you're very young Mm. and you can pick up things very quickly I don't know if that really translates to building more muscle um but I also think just the fact that they've been playing sports since they were six years old like and they're still yeah. playing probably means that their behaviors have been a massive impact. Uh, the other aspect is that men and women probably are much more equal at that age, but then obviously as you hit puberty and men produce more testosterone, <clears throat> um, their ability to build muscle increases quite drastically in comparison to a woman. So that would be an impact as well. Like if you're looking at a six-year-old boy his ability to build muscle is certainly not going to be as high as it would be post um what's puberty that's the word i was like what is the word i'm looking for there you go what are your thoughts andy um yeah i think something along the similar lines to as you said there like you look at um for instance rafa nadal because he's continuously doing left-handed work his left arm is massive compared to his right arm so it'll just be a lot of it will just be the repetitiveness of the movement etc um and doing it from a very early age because like again nadal will have been playing tennis since he was a child so you know his strength his strength and stuff will have come from a very early age and you know it's you know there's there's one just now i don't know if you've seen the guy who plays football for wolverhampton wanderers and he oh is, yes, I know him very well. <laughs> oh yes, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah oh, genuinely... the guy that plays for Wolverhampton. Yeah, big fan, big fan. He's an absolute mutant. Like, yeah, but he is... is he? Because I was just thinking this as you were talking about Nadal. Like, I remember before I was in the fitness world, I was like, he is the most muscular human being I've ever seen. And then you you see like bodybuilders, and you're like, like people aren't. Yeah, it, you just have a different Compared level of expectation. To... Yeah, compared to most footballers, this boy just looks like he's he looks like a body he actually looks like a bodybuilder. Claims that he's never done any weights in his life. What's his name? <laughs> um Adama Traori. How did you not know that? Come on. Get with the How biscuit. Embarrassing. Claims that he's claims he's never trained arms, yet has the the I claims he's never trained arms before. Doesn't doesn't do Yeah, weights. but I the, I actually think that could be true. 
Because you yeah, do yeah, get yeah. these like genetic elite, almost like super responders. Super mutants. Yeah. Who <laughs> Definitely. And you see that in kids as well. Like there used to be that kid, I can't remember what is Oh yeah, is that a kid like that's got like a massive six pack and Yeah, and I think he like didn't have like a myostatin inhibitor or something, which is like what kind of limits our muscle growth. He's funnily enough the kid that everybody that everybody goes, Oh my god, this is why kids shouldn't do resistance training because you'll be you know, you'll stunt your growth. The lad is like now six foot three and an absolute monster. Like so all those people going, Oh, you can't have kids training with weights were put firmly in their place. But funnily enough, he doesn't get used for that anymore because it doesn't fit the agenda that people wanted to push on the push on it. So yeah, he's he's apparently he's yeah, he's he's a big lad now because he's now obviously probably fifteen years on from where we first saw him. Yeah. There's an article here about Adama Tra- how do you say it? Trio Traori. Traori. Yeah, Traori. He applies baby oil to his forearms to bamboozle defenders. I've I've not read any further. <laughs> it's to stop people from grabbing a hold oh, of right. his arms. Okay. It's not just his shiny forearms. <laughs> That would be funny though. It would work. But also, you'd struggle to control a ball if it came at you. Spring, disappear off as a baby oil. Just as Billy's not a goalkeeper. Oh. Okay, right. Um, question two Do you also see the binge restrict cycle happening in male clients? I was wondering whether the reason why we do this as women is because we're educated to, con- oh, to correlate our value to, to how we look. Uh, resulting in a shame slash guilt spiral. Um, sorry, and then thus making the task of losing weight more emotional than it would be for men. Well, wow, this is such a good question. This is a massive question I as think, well, isn't um, it? Does I mean, this person think that there's no pressure on men to be lean? To be have muscular. You, have you be seen right. what? Have you seen every single male actor that's a, an action star? They're all yeah. fucking huge. So yeah, yeah no, the, I think it, it is exact. It's exactly the same. But I actually would probably say that of my generation, it was probably people trying to get bigger. So I want to be like Arnold. I want to have muscles. Whereas now, I think a generation below me is probably the weight loss thing. Is that there are more young men probably worried about their weight there's more men that are now coming up with sort of eating disorders and stuff as well you know so i think it yeah i think it's it's equally as prevalent but it's just not talked about as much because men see i i think that you're right in that there's a there's definitely pressure on men to look a certain way um whether that's weight loss or building muscle or both probably Mm -hmm. to be fair yeah. But I don't think the binge restrict cycle is no. as prominent in men. Or emotional no. eating right. is as prominent no. in men. We don't have emotions. We're all pieces of wood. Andy. Like it I'm does. sure it, I'm sure some men do emotionally eat and I'm sure some men do fall into a binge restrict cycle. Absolutely. But it's certainly not as common as with women. And I think actually, as much as I don't like blaming everything on hormones that probably does have quite a big part to play as well. Like these fluctuating hormones, your mood fluctuating, eating in response to feeling a certain way. And then that becoming like almost like a habitual coping mechanism that translates into other areas. So I think that, yeah, it's definitely more common in women, but I don't think it's because men don't have any pressure on them to look a certain way. No, Yeah. no, but there definitely is like our value as women is definitely linked to how we look like that's and that and and i suppose like yeah that's a really horrible thing to realize the fact that this person has realized it and can now address it and realize that it is so stupid and that your value is absolutely not linked to what you weigh what you look like how lean you are and absolutely more so what you contribute as a person nailed it smashed out the park yeah i do think it is quite hard to like distinguish between like your values in certain aspects and what society has told you that your values should be and then actually trying to figure out what yours are out with that like not so much in this case but even things like 
I don't know, the 2.5 kids in a house and a car and stuff. Like, it's very hard to distinguish if you want that or mm. if that's what society deems a success. So you think that's what I need to be happy or that's what I should be aiming for. Yeah, you're so right. I think, I think, it, I, I do think that that's changed though. I think people are much more aware of what they want now, now like now, than say, go back, even go back 10 years. 10 years ago, I think the 2.4 children was stereotypically stuck in your head about this is what I need to have. But I think nowadays, like, you know, I know a lot of, I've got a lot of friends who don't want to get married, who don't want to have kids, you know, and they're kind of, you know, probably more people are just quite happy just to, to play by play it by ear now than they were sort of previously. So mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's interesting. I think it's I, I think as well you're probably sort of you're probably running the same circles of the people who think like you who are like that as well. So yeah, although I think it's hard when you don't I, because I th- and I actually don't know if that's true. I think a lot of people don't run in those circles and that's why they struggle is because all mm. of their peers are like and then in the nicest possible way. And I'm sure it doesn't always mean to be like come across in a negative, but like, oh, why don't you have this yet? Or like some that is like quite can be quite patronizing. And I'm saying this from a place of knowing it. Like, oh, you'll have a husband one day and a car and a house and the kids and all this stuff. And it's like, how do you know? How do you know I want that? And actually, you look really trapped to me. So, (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I find frustrating is? is that I feel like women get these questions way more than men. So, like, a couple of years ago, I I wasn't engaged, didn't have kids, but me and Paul have been together for such a long time, and I got asked so many times, when are you getting married? When are you going to have kids? When are you going to buy a house? Guess how many times he got asked that question? Absolutely zero. So then not only have, have we got that pressure on us as women, we've to also have amazing careers, we've also to be really sexy and lean, We've also to like be really intelligent and and bring really good conversations to the table. It's just so much pressure, like so much pressure. Like you get, you have to do it all as a woman. I I I can see where you're coming from, but I've I've had that as well. I'm 38. I'm just engaged, nearly a year now, and I've had that. I've had why you're not married yet? Why you don't have kids yet? So like you know, I think I think the whole. Um, male and female thing I think it is more prevalent that you'll get that as a female but I think men get it more often than you probably think yeah Yeah. I think it is you know I think it is it is something that but you do see as you age it's like more men can be like oh he's a silver fox or like he's an eligible bachelor still or like you do and also just from like a biological ticking clock in terms of like having kids and stuff like you do have you can go on for much longer than women can. So it's less like, I yeah. think with women, there's like this huge totally. pressure between like mid twenties to like late thirties, where it's like, if you don't have a child within the next couple of years, you might not be able to have one or like mm-hmm. you need to decide soon yeah. whether you can or can, or you, you want to or not. And I think there is that pressure. Yeah. yeah. Andy, Andy, you could have babies forever. Andy, you could have babies until the day you die. If you decided to, <laughs> but me and Emma can proper proper Hugh Hefner. Yeah. <laughs> but we're the ones that have to take contraception, even though we can get pregnant two days of the month. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's a whole different. Conversation. There, there's a little fact for you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Do you have any more questions, Andy? Yeah, I've got one. So, um, I saw a female fitness fitness expert talking about how if you want a small waist you shouldn't do ab work rather do vacuums instead frankly i like my waist and happily knock out ab exercises although i would like to hear your thoughts on this as not really sure what impact vacuums actually have if any at all well i got a really good new hoover in lockdown and tell you what it's such a good core workout because you're doing like loads of rotation which one did you get the shark. Yeah. Has yours got has yours got headlights on it? Yeah. Yeah, mine yes. does. It's it's a revelation. It's one of the best things I've ever bought. Yeah, I know it worth every single penny because I use that every single day. Whereas the one with the cord, 
like once a fortnight and also how stressful is the cord like it puts me in a bad mood straight away like trying to move things then something falls over and then i'm just like oh it's too much and then i just stop yeah definitely um okay wait before we move on to the the actual question what is the one thing or two things that you've bought that have like changed your life apart from the vacuum cleaner my egg boiler really oh i love boiled eggs and i actually have like the wee machine i love boiled (laughs) bomb what and does it come out like perfect you can put it in for soft medium or hard boiled and you just go away and then it comes back and goes beep and then it's ready boom you don't have to worry about burning the shit out your bottom of your pan or nuking your eggs you can have them to however you want literally amazing it is the perfect. Honestly, it's it's revolutionised my life. There you go, Shona. I got a air fryer, and you'll notice that you've not heard me talk about it. I really haven't. No, because Shona sent me um a, a meme, and it was basically like you'll know if someone has an air fryer because all they do is talk about <laughs> their <laughs> air fryer. I think it's because like it's fine, but I don't it's really see the difference between like, it and it's... the oven. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Okay, that's a shame. Because I was going to get one based on how much you talked about it. Yeah. We're it's, still waiting for okay. your recommendation on your sauna, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll review the sauna shortly. From the sauna, we want to do a podcast. Just you out the wee plastic <laughs> Going, hi, guys. <laughs> right, do you have one? Something that you bought? Um... I got blue light glasses. I'm wearing them. I wear them all the time. Are they effective on your head? (laughs) (laughs) My blue. They look cute. They look cute. Okay. Um, I like them because, so I got, I upgraded to the latest iPhone and then instantly my eyes started burning as, as soon as I started using it. Like just looking at it for five minutes, my eyes would be so dry. And then I bought the blue light glasses, fixed it. All right. There must be wow. something about wow. this phone that's like so HD because I made like quite a big jump in terms of upgrade. <laughs> and the Nokia 3210. <laughs> 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 so what's your what's your revolutionary thing you bought? Well, you'd think given I asked the question, I would have something amazing. But I was just think like I just like to hear other people so I can uh, think about investing. In it, um, I this is a really boring one, but my MacBook. Yeah, yeah, Best I got investment. them recently as yeah. well. It's really expensive, good. but it's so worth it. Yeah. When are, oh, and when do are... you know what else? My my really long coat, my sleeping bag coat. Highly Laura, recommend. Laura has one, and she pretty much lives in that thing. It's genuinely a walking sleeping bag. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is, and it's the best. Yeah. yeah. All right, okay, so the question was, has anyone ever done a vacuum? Yes. Competing, yeah. I can also but do it. I think a vacuum, for me, the va- you kind of do really the vacuum. exercise, though, is it? It's not. Well, it, you, I suppose you can use a vacuum in doing similarly to your, uh, your pelvic floor work. So it's similar positional movement, similar pull-in, trying to do that. But I wouldn't use it as a direct ab work it's something that you would probably incorporate if you were going to be even even then it'd be really just for men because women don't really do it in physique shows anyway um you know unless because i don't even think think it's really weird on a man i think yeah it's an i tell you what it's an impressive feat like if you can hold a vacuum like um franco do you think it is i don't like i can do it it's just like a weird i don't find it hard it's just weird Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's a strange movement, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it really, I wouldn't say it, it's particularly impressive. Um, depends on what you get from the back of it. Like Franco Colombo, he can he had one of the most impressive vacuums, but he could also blow up a hot a hot water bottle like a balloon and make it explode. So he had some serious lung. Yeah, but how are these two things correlated? <laughs> Correlation, causation. There you go. Sorry, I don't think they are at all. <laughs> Nah, they probably aren't. But nah, um, I probably wouldn't use it. I wouldn't use a va- vacuum for ab work. It's, no. 
I think well, that the... in yoga, it's a cleansing practice called Nauli, and then um, you do it as a vacuum, but then you like ripple your abs at the same time, like you make them move then, side to side. Then the poo falls out. <laughs> then the bad it's chakras fall out. The finger quotes. It's meant to be cleansing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't really bother. Not but is it going to make your waist smaller? Well, physically it would in the moment. Yeah, yeah but you would, you would have to in- keep yourself in a vacuum all the time. <laughs> Literally walk around. Well, that's what they did in like up. the Victorian years, really, isn't it? With the corsets. Yeah, just get a big tie. Tie yourself through the middle. Don't bother dieting. Just get yourself a good corset. Mm-hmm. Boom. Sorted. Um, right, next question. Do you have any tips to help mindset to not feel defeatist, to get back in touch with goals and move forwards? We answer this question like every week, don't we? Mm-hmm. But it's a good question because like you can be in a really motivated place one week and you hear us talk about it and you're like, no, that doesn't apply to me. And then next week you're like, life is shit. How do I get back on this? And then we'll answer the question again for you. That's the beauty of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I think actually every time you get asked it, you'll give a slightly different response depending yeah. on where you are as well. Yeah. Like there'll be some days where I'll be like, like accept that you've got a shit mindset today and just get on with it. Like yeah. don't wait for motivation kind of thing. And then other days where, I don't know, maybe it, maybe it is time to take a step back and look at, like reminding yourself of your why like why did you start this why is it important to you and maybe like going back to that cost benefit equation again like okay what what are the costs of reaching your goal here and what are the benefits and is that still worth it to you because sometimes you'll be like oh yeah 100% is I'm gonna keep pushing on and other times you'll be like do you know what I'm not sure it's worth it for me anymore and actually that's sometimes why people aren't motivated because they're like things have changed in my life and this goal that I set out earlier like is no longer that important to me and that's why I'm not motivated to work towards it and either of those answers are fine but reviewing it and accepting it and taking a step back and actually looking at it will allow you to sort of stop beating yourself up about not doing it because maybe it doesn't align with your values at the moment or you can be like yes it does I need to pull my finger out of my bum hole apparently and uh, get on with it (laughs) Yup. <laughs> For those of you who haven't listened to the last podcast, please keep up with the in-jokes. <laughs> Can I just say, just as an aside, um, I was, uh, I, both of my dogs got their anal glands, um, mm. not removed, emptied yesterday. Mm. And uh, someone replied saying, was it Andy that did it? In reference to the finger up the bum. <laughs> That see, that's keeping the end joke going. That's 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 impressive. That's how that's how you build the story. Have you ever emptied Akira's anal glands? Nope, I don't intend to. What is this? Like, why do you need to do it? It's a thing that you need to do for dogs because they have anal glands that get like some dogs get their anal gland that like fills up, and then it's with what? Like, uh, shit. Yeah, but it's like pus apparently. Like it absolutely stinks. But it's like squeezing a massive blackhead. You like squeeze either side of their uh, anus. Yeah. <laughs> well, you remove the thumb first. <laughs> <laughs> you don't actually need to put your finger in the bum. You just squeeze either side of it. I did actually learn that from your story this week. So mm-hmm. thank you. If you if you watch you you don't watch telly Emma but if you there's a, a Russell Howard the comedian did a thing did a series with his mum where he goes away and visits and travels around America with his mum and they do they go to a dog hotel in New York where they do this to this little dog and it is the most disgusting thing you have ever seen it is like shit just gets shitty pus gets fired off this wall you're like <laughs> it's really not it's not it's not a good thing. Akira's actually not a smelly dog, though. She genuinely farts so so little that when she does, she gives herself a fright. <laughs> there was one night we were sitting there and all you heard was, and she was like, <laughs> I guess she, think she thought there was like a burglar coming in the house and she disappeared off into the next room. So, Aww. yeah, she's a lady. <laughs> all no, right. <laughs> 
I see, as a lady, I can see. Cool, right. Next question. Next one, right. Shortened up question. Um, apart from the, the satiety benefit, on a rest day, is protein just as important as days for when you train? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And mainly if you're thinking about it as well, it's because your rates of muscle protein synthesis are increased when you exercise, but that stays elevated for 48 hours. So you still need, you know, to make the most out of that, then you still want to get in protein on your rest days. So, yeah, it's always important. Perfect. Um, I have heard conflicting opinions about how much time is healthy or best to stay in a fat loss phase. Can you share your views on this? Is it dependent upon the starting point, how much you have to lose, how progress goes, or are there other factors to be aware of? Yeah, you're exactly right there. That completely depends on the person. Like some people yeah. might need diet breaks quite often, like psychologically, and maybe that's something that you do incorporate. Other people just don't. And actually taking a diet break kind of gets them out of the flow of it. So like, and I'm sure anyone listening to this who's been on Commit to Six now for um, five weeks almost will be thinking, yeah, yeah, like, you know, the first couple of weeks might have been quite hard, but now I'm in the flow. Like, I'm eating similar meals, maybe. I can hit my calories all the time. I can hit my protein all the time. If we suddenly changed all those targets for a quote-unquote diet break because no real reason apart from you've been dieting for four weeks, like, that really doesn't make any... It's certainly not going to benefit you, but it might make things a lot harder because then you're changing everything again and then you have to change it back again. Then the psychological aspects of the scales potentially bumping up just because of food volume and increased carbohydrates. Like a lot of the time it's completely unnecessary can actually be a worse thing than just continuing dieting. Um, so I don't tend to incorporate diet breaks in like um, a cyclical way like that or like a very structured way as in in eight weeks we will diet break in x amount of time it's more do you feel like you need a diet break how's your adherence how are you feeling how's your recovery what have you got going on in your life most of the time from a practical perspective I will put in a diet break when someone's like oh it's my anniversary this weekend and I'm going away for a few nights cool let's just like bring your calories up to maintenance for the whole week give yourself a bit of time off and then get back to it or something yeah. else has happened, like, oh, you've got a couple of niggly injuries. Maybe it is time to, you know, increase the calories for a week, take a step back from training, have a bit of a break, and come back with more energy than, and then you're sort of ready to push on again. Equally, some people never need a diet break. I've had people diet for years and never need a break from it. And sometimes it depends on the approach of, of people. So I know coaches that are like, I would never diet someone for more than six months without having a break. Dep like depends on the client and also depends on what you've told them to do like do they feel mega restricted on this diet if so they might need a break from it if they're like no I've, I've managed to fit this really well into my life it's not over restricted I'm in a moderate deficit I can quite happily enjoy a social life while doing this I'm not wishing time away and I'm getting good results why would you randomly put in a diet break doesn't make yeah. any sense to me um Saying that, there's really interesting research on cyclical dieting. So like two weeks in a deficit, two weeks at maintenance, two weeks in a deficit, two weeks at maintenance, and showing that you have reduced metabolic adaptations to dieting, which is really interesting. It's just on a practical level. It never really works, to be honest. And mm. if you want to look at the other extreme, like there was um, a man who actually lived in Dundee. I think this was a very long time ago. But he fasted for a full year. Now, I'm definitely not recommending this. But it just shows you, like, the other extreme. He was very overweight and he fasted for a year and he lost a hell of a lot of weight. Would I recommend that? No. But, like, he didn't stop losing weight because he didn't have a diet break. So, yeah. I don't know what your guys' thoughts or experiences of diet breaks are. Um, Probably just to give you a little rest and, and get you like re refreshed and ready to go again just like to keep the adherence up but apart from that i can't think of any other benefits nah exactly the same i think it's it's um 
it's all dependent on the person. Depends mm -hmm. on how well they're adhering to the diet. It depends on if they're needing them. The ment for me, I think a, a, like a, a diet breaks generally. Um, it's a mental thing. It's to give your mind a bit of time off. Because you know what people are like when they start to diet, they start to stress. They stress about things. So taking the sort of taking the stress out of things by giving them a little bit of time off can can help. But you know that's you know I would say a diet break for me with clients is generally if somebody's going quite aggressive, um, somebody who's doing it nice, slow and steady probably won't need it because they're managing to get in the swing of things. It's nice and easy. They can keep it going for long term. So a diet break's and as Emma said, you know, simply something like if they're going away for an anniversary, if they're away for their birthday, you know, you give them a little bit extra just as a bit of a, a bit of time down. So, yeah. Agreed. There are like, just to give the full picture here, there are uh, physiological benefits to a diet break. But it's how those translate into the real world. So like there's evidence to show that if you increase carbohydrate levels, you can increase leptin levels. And we know that leptin will is one of the hormones that reduces as you diet or as you reduce your body fat levels and it's one of the reasons that continuing to diet is really hard because your hunger goes up and your neat goes down so if you can reduce the reduction of leptin as you diet then that would be a good thing so you, that there is a theory to it and a theory that makes sense and has evidence to back it but it's just the translation of that theory into practice doesn't yeah. always make a hell of a lot of sense. And as Andy's saying, like, it's usually the psychological aspect and the adherence aspect that has a much more profound effect. It's the same reason, like, people used to be like, I'm having my cheat day to ramp up my metabolism and increase leptin levels and blah, blah, blah. And, like, a cheat day, one, we don't call it that, but even, like, a refeed day is not enough to do that. The benefit you're getting from a refeed day is a psychological break potentially a little bit more energy so that you can train harder for the rest of the week or for the next couple of days and it gives you that like boost to keep going on your diet it's not like revamping your metabolism unfortunately and if you want to get the benefits of increased leptin the research seems to suggest you need to do at least five days but probably two weeks so you've got yeah. to commit to two weeks of a diet break now if you don't want that two weeks to impact your long-term progress you really need to make sure you're at maintenance then. Yeah. And then when you look at that, it's like how much of a break is that giving you when you're only increasing your calories by 200 calories or something? Like you still need to be quite on it. It's not just like it's a diet break. It's not a diet holiday where you're just like, oh, just eat whatever I want whenever I want and have no concept of like dieting at all. Yeah, And I think when people realize that, they're less inclined to do things like a cyclical diet approach because initially they thought, what, two weeks dieting, two weeks not dieting? <laughs> yes, that sounds all right. But that isn't exactly what it is in, in practice. Work like that. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Right, I've got I've just got two questions to do. Let's quickly rattle through them. Uh, sometimes I get pained in the side of my neck and into my shoulders post-workout. I think it may be due to me not keeping my shoulders down when I do rows, etc. Is this a sign that I'm lifting too heavy, my form is slipping, or is it just DOMS that will pass? She could have, like, really dominant traps, or, like, yeah, it does sound like if you already think that you might be lifting your shoulders and, like, crunching your neck, then you probably are. Um, I don't think you're lifting too heavy. I think you just need to, every every few reps, what was the exercise she was doing? Rows, rows, et cetera. Yeah, that's really common um, with rows. Every few reps, shake your shoulders off and reset by pulling your shoulders back and down. Um, and hopefully that should go away. Because what I find happens is when you're doing rows, you start maybe quite horizontal, so your chest is facing the floor. And as you get to the end of your set, you start to lift up and up and up and up. And the higher you are, like the more angle away from the floor you are, the more you're getting into your traps. Yeah, it goes from a row to a shrug. Yeah. Agreed. Perfect. Right, last one. Uh, I'm a typical pear shape, and I'm so happy with my upper body composition, an area that responds well to resistance training. However, I do hold more, bo most body fat in my ass and on the front of my thighs. 
I know you've covered this so many times already. However, when do you know it's time just to admit defeat and accept that the body fat will just always be there, no matter how the training and the nutrition? Not accept defeat. Like, that's just the shape you are. Like, that's just where you're, you will store body fat. And actually, it's really common to store body fat like that. It's Is it not a healthier way to store body fat in your legs and bum rather than around yeah. your tummy in an apple shape? Um, but persevere, persevere, like just keep doing what you're doing. And, and you're one of those lucky people that shows muscle in their arms and chest and back. Like, look at it that way, reframe it. Like you yeah. really like your upper body and you've got, by the sounds of it, like great legs and a great bum that you've been blessed with naturally. Embrace it. I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I also think like, what, what would be the outcome of giving up? Like, what is the action of that? Because mm. I'm assuming that you actually quite like resistance training and exercising and eating pretty well. So what, when you're looking at the actions of quote unquote accepting defeat or giving up compared to still working on it, but except like, you know, loving yourself now, but still working on it. Like, what's the real difference there? Like nothing. So keep working on it. Yep. Yep. Nothing else to add to that one it's funny you always want what you don't have don't you like there's so many people that would love to naturally have like a big bum and strong looking legs so yes i would um, please yeah. send, send them over here <laughs> um right okay let's do the ick okay right so for context and i actually think that everyone should follow this page anyway it's called la 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 let me explain and she's um, actually a former social worker who works with like young, vulnerable people. Um, and she's become this kind of like dating meme sex. god. Meme god. Uh, what she does is she like takes memes and deconstructs them. So sometimes if there's like a problematic meme, um, she'll be like, right, let, let's have a look at the problem here. And right now she's all about how TikTok is the worst thing in the world and anyone who's got children needs to delete TikTok off their child's phones. Oh, why? Because um, adults doing TikTok, is, there's no need for that. Agreed. TikTok's for five-year-olds. Well, that's oh, I just have no time for it, but like, I'm intrigued as to why oh. it's dangerous um, sort of thing. Why is it problematic? So what she has been talking about recently is there's like young boys who are like 19, 20, 21 making TikToks like point of view TikToks. Do you know what I mean by point of view TikToks? No. So it's like you're watching it as if and he's like talking and looking at you as if you are. Oh my God, I've seen that. It's so cringe. What? what, Wait, wait, do an example to me. No, <laughs> look right down the camera. Well, once you hear what these point of view TikToks are like, you will be so glad that I'm not doing this. So basically, they're like imagining that he's like having sex with you, but he's not. He's doing things like choking, and like not asking for consent before choking. And obviously, as Andy says, there's like children on TikTok, and young girls are watching this and thinking that. Um, that's how sex should be and um apparently one in four 16 year olds in their first sexual experience has been choked without her consent now that's mental to me because like i'm 32 obviously things are totally different when when i was a young person i think because like porn is so accessible on young people's phones now and and it wasn't when we were young people and so young boys are watching this and that's what they think sex should look like. Yeah, and then I also think there's the whole like, I mean, we were probably just on the edge of this, but like revenge porn or like filming people having sex and stuff like that like was never even like a concern or worry. Mm-hmm. And now that's like a genuine, like people actually do that. Yeah, and it, it's really, really scary. So yeah, if you're listening... And you've got a teenager, make them delete TikTok. I think that's such a hard thing to do though, isn't it? <laughs> not not just like, I just mean like, how do you police these things? It's really yeah, tough. And like, if all of their mates have it, like what does it, almost does it even matter anyway if they've not got it on their phone? You know they're going to go and get it 
download yeah. it again. It's the same as Snapchat, though, isn't it? It's like Snapchat's just bred a generation of absolute fucking cretins, similar to TikTok, who are just a bunch of reprobate, horrible, just a horrible bunch of people. Like, unfortunately, like, internet has become to this point where, you know, I know that Chloe and James have both had issues with this before, and, like, you know, they're trying to, they're now trying to get, like, things like Twitter that you need to, need to actually have ID to get a Twitter handle because there are so many scumbags that have got this kind of stuff that just use it and to hide behind anonymity. Like, if you are standing up and giving somebody abuse you sure as hell better be able to show your face that if you see them in the street you can go up and go by the way was it you that was giving me abuse because i bet you five or they shit themselves when that happens like you're not they gonna will go if it's and... uh james haskell if it's james i go up and get him <laughs> abuse i good he'll just turn around and just do this to you <laughs> crush you but like that that whole th- like not even with that sort of the, the horrible stuff like that on tiktok it's just cringy as cringy as hell like seeing like a, a family doing these little really gimpy dances oh it's like see if i saw my dad do that i'd tell him to go like dad take yourself home get yourself home you know give me your phone you're now grounded go away like <laughs> it is cr- so cringe it's unbelievable it's just like that's the ick the ick right there that, the do you know what gives me the ick and um I imagine a couple of people listening to this will be doing this, so I don't know how to say it, but it's when they, like, a nutritionist is like, eat this, and, like, oh, points oh. like, how to do a calorie deficit, points at stuff. No, no. Instant me, loss I of respect for any personal wrong. trainer doing that. I'm like... Wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> do you know what else I don't like about Twitter, and I've seen it a lot with... Um, basically our peers in the industry unfortunately is the there's like an an initial claim to authority like i'm a nutritionist so listen to me this is what you should eat in a day or like this is how you set up your calories and i cringe out at the initial claim to authority like i don't know why but just that that is the ick for me Mm -hmm. i have a degree in this so listen up Screaming at the screen, going, "You're a wanker!" <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely honest, I'm, I I totally agree with you though. The, I hate that. It's do you know what? I think it's probably because I'm not that tech smart. But like some of the stuff that people are just doing nowadays, you're just like, you're not even putting across good information or good content. It's genuinely just doing it for likes. Like, go fuck yourself. Like, put something out that's worth listening to. <laughs> Like, it is honestly, it's just, uh, yeah, my ick, definitely. <laughs> I think I think the, the whole pointing at different words on the screen, that, that gives me an ick. And I follow so many, um, like, pregnancy and um, postpartum and, like, pelvic floor pages, and they all love doing it, all of them. They all love, like, holding, like, a like a vagina and, like, dancing around with it. Um, <laughs> And also, like, the, the anti-diet crew love it as well because I think it's, like, these really, really simplified messages that everyone actually already knows and agrees with that is, like, easily likable and shareable. So it's, like, me pointing at obvious point A, me pointing at obvious point B. It's just so... It's like, yeah, and it will be, like you don't need to be thin to you know be a good person yeah uh literally who was saying that nobody this is my yeah. problem with anti-diet messaging at the moment it's like you're just creating straw man arguments nobody's saying you have to be thin no one yeah not one person like in fact you're the only one saying that yeah. you're the only one you're that's cre- still promoting these messages by drawing attention you're- to them you're creating drama yourself. Nobody else is creating drama. You're creating. That's when you know that someone doesn't have anything to say. Oh. When they just make up stuff to be angry about. Yeah. <clears throat> I have. Um, I actually have a point about the anti-diet message that I want oh. to ask you. Okay. Um, and I have to be... Where did I write it down? Because I need to remember what it said. But basically, Dan came up with this. Um, and it's like, I've never thought about it in this way, but it's like, it kind of like, I've been thinking about it all day now. So basically part of the anti-diet message is 
it's my body it's my choice agreed like 100% agree do whatever you want to do but another part of it is being fat is not a choice can you see how those messages slightly contradict each other Mm -hmm. yes but that yet both of those things are promoted by the anti-diet movement Right, so sorry, say them again. So, so point one... Point one is like, it's my body, it's my choice. You shouldn't tell me what to do. And I 100%, I, I back that 100%. If you want to be overweight, be overweight. Not my place to tell you what to do. Nor is anyone telling anyone what to do. I think that's the annoying part for me. It's like, personal trainers aren't going around to overweight people telling them to lose weight. It's your choice. Agreed. Yeah. But yeah. another message that they give out is that being fat is not a choice. Mmm... And I'm like, those things don't add up. And then my problem with the being fat is not a choice um, message is that it, like, it completely, it's so demoralizing to someone that wants to change. Like, if I told someone who's overweight, came, they were like, oh, I'm going to join Commit Six. I'd like to lose some fat. Okay, well, being fat is not a choice and you can't do anything about that. So, like, it's the complete, like, pushing someone into a fixed mindset. And I think what they mean is that, well, actually, I don't think this is what they mean, but the nuance of it is that there are loads of things that predispose you to being overweight that are out with your control. But that doesn't mean that you can't change those things. It might mean that the cards are stacked against you slightly. You might have a higher genetic uh, predisposition to being hungrier. You might be from a certain socioeconomic background, which means that your food choices are limited or you didn't have the same education growing up. Like there are so many things that predispose you to being overweight, Mm -hmm. but it certainly never stops you losing weight if you want to. And I'm not saying it's even for everyone. I'm not saying everyone will have the same experience or that it will be just as easy for one person as it will for another person. But Mm -hmm. everyone is capable of it. That's way within literally everyone's capability. Because if it wasn't, what you're essentially saying is that fat people are like, um, what's the right word? Resistant to starvation. It's 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 somebody allow. It's giving somebody the the opportunity to pick up a victim mentality from the off though. Yeah, and it's massively disempowering. I think that message is so disempowering. Yeah, it's like it's it's pretty much going. Yeah, you're stuck as you are, so there's no point in doing anything about it. Like you know, if you were, to, you know, that's it's it's a bit of a it's a shite message. It really is. And as you say, they they, they contradict. It's a, shite each other. it's a shite message, and they contradict each other so so. Yeah, badly. I actually don't think that their message is your body, your choice, because that was illustrated when Lizzo did her like. Remember, we talked about it a few podcasts ago when she did her like cleanse because like she she didn't do it necessarily to lose weight but say she had right all the comments telling her she was in the wrong was all from the anti-diet crew being like this is really triggering how dare you how dare you like promote weight loss so no it isn't like what they are doing isn't isn't your body your choice all right because i could get behind that message I, yeah, I could I could definitely get behind that. Like your body yeah, like no yeah, one should be I, telling you what I, to do with your body. But I also uh, don't think people are. It's no. the same as um, Rebel Wilson and Adele. Yeah. They both decided of their own accord. Nobody went and chased yeah, them. Yeah, but the argument decided... against that will be no, society chose that for them. Well, if, I don't know if you, I watched the programme with the guy from um the SES programme, Who uh, Who Dares Wins. He went away out on like a, a, a Mexican safari with um, Rebel Wilson and they were doing like a lot of just chatting about her life and stuff. And she said that, she goes, Hollywood wanted me to stay fat because that was the roles that were cast for me. She goes, I did not want to be that person. She goes, Yeah, but apparently fat people are more funny. To be fair, like she is typecast as that. <laughs> Yeah, but she, but, say, to be fair, they are. But she, she, but she, she, you know, she was, she was very honest about the fact that she wanted to change. She goes, nobody said, you know, nobody told me to do this. I wanted to do it, and in any way, she goes, I lost out on quite a few million pound roles because of the fact I wanted to lose weight. And this is the same with Adele. Nobody went and chased Adele and told her to lose weight. Yeah, she but I'm to- sorry, Adele. Where the fuck is your new music? 
to be fair, her own music what? was fucking whiny as shit anyway. So. Don't. She's phenomenal. And I could have done with an Adele star, album this year. Jesus Christ, it's depressing. Oh my word. But there's something good about listening oh, to depressing music. You know what? I, love, I love being that, sad with Adele. Yeah. That, that gives me the ick. Gives me, just touches <laughs> my soul and I just, I'm a bit upset. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not saying correlation and causation, but since she lost the fat, I'm not seeing any music. It's like Samson here. <laughs> she'll come out. She'll come out with some absolutely banging upbeat tunes, and everybody will be like, "Oh my God, she's just changed." It's because she's so she happy. The I, I want her. the depression back. <laughs> you know, I would say so. I I used to have this client who was an actress, and she was. Um, like a size 12, 14 and she was told by her agent you need to lose a lot of weight or gain a lot of weight because as you are right now there's no parts for you and so I would say that like there's not enough representation in terms of the media of like people who are quote-unquote normal sized yeah and you see that on covers as well it's either we're having this quote like this idealized perfect physique which is tends to be quite slim and toned or we're making a stance for activism and we're having someone who's very overweight not Mm -hmm. this middle ground where actually we should that's what we should be celebrating yeah because middle ground is healthy isn't it yeah middle health do you know what's not a choice how fat this hand is i'm not gonna lie i did notice that earlier and the side of it's all white it's fucking massive i think this is the worst it's been that's chillblains. Oh, oh, that's a that shame. That hand's quite normal. That hand is like twice. Holy, the I know it's massive. Shona, you love seeing it's scary like movies too. Huh? <laughs> the guy with the wee hand and the big hand. That's like that. Take my <laughs> on strong hand. hand. Take my strong hand. On one hand, it's tiny. On another hand, it's huge. What am I going to do about that? Just, just deal also, with it. Also, now I'm really self-conscious. It's just like, I noticed that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed your huge hand. What the fuck is that? Yeah, but I didn't say anything, did but I? look. Right. Oh, I, why can't I see the camera? That's, wow. that's oh. substantial. Podcast listeners, she's holding up. Fatima. Fatima's, and also, Fatima's now my whole... It used to just be one. She generally has a the elephant man hand. Yeah. You'll be able to hold more things. I can't because it's really things. weak as well. She'll be deadlifting 400 kilos in that hand. <laughs> like the Hulk. <laughs> it's, actually, it's quite heavy, so maybe it'll give me a strong <laughs> to carry this hold hand around high. with me. Hold it up high and let all the, the whatever, whatever drain out of it. Yeah, but it's just... really... Do you think it's just... What is it? Like, what's... Like, will it drain? I'm going to do this for the rest of the podcast. Right, let's... Um, let's... I love how you're looking at your hand at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm uh, putting my hand up to talk at, at school. Hey, anybody who's listening to the podcast, this is really wasted on you. You guys can't see what <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hel- Helen has just asked how you get chillblains. It's basically just from being cold. But I don't know why it's bad this year, and I don't know why one hand has it and the other does- isn't... I kind of think at the moment there seems to be a the the temperature seems to, seems to be going up and down very quickly. Like it changes like every two. This or three is why hours I had time. to buy a sauna. Get in the sauna. Go for it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get in the sauna, or at least just have my hand in there. Right. Um. <laughs> do we want to talk about X? Because we uh. We actually didn't talk about him. Right. Okay. So an X is actually related to like dating. So. The thing with the ick is it's totally, it can be totally irrational. So you're on a date with someone and then they do something and you're like, oh my God, like I can never ever, I can't do it, go any further with this person because I have the ick. Um, so for example, uh, it once happened to me, uh, I was, um, I'd gone round to like a guy's house to meet his family and his sister was sat like on one side of me and I was sat on the other side and he was sat on the other side and she leaned over me to give him a kiss, right? That first of all gave me the ick because like 
boundaries, hello. And then second of all, like the little smile on his face after he received the kiss. I was, was like, it, no, I'm done. I'm was done. It, what, was there a reason for the kiss? What was... Oh, I think she... Do you know, it was really weird. I think she was literally pissing on him. Like, you know, like marking her territory. This is my brother. And I love oh, him. Oh, how, how weird. How weird. Yeah, so that's why I ended that one. And then another time I got the ick, um, it was actually with Paul, so I managed to get over the ick, but he was wearing a shirt that was too long and too big, and it was just really not, like, it just made my fanny go. (laughs) 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 But it resolved itself because I'm now pregnant with his child. So everything's So sometimes you should work through the ick. Sometimes you should work through the ick, but um, I uh, put a little thing out on my Instagram and lots of people have answered um, the ick. Uh, and a lot of them were to do with like mums coming round and like mums being really like, guys being really close with their mums. What do you think on that? I don't think it's bad if they're close, but do you know what does give me the ick is if they still act like kids almost, like they can't do stuff themselves or that they're still really reliant on their parents Mm -hmm. um and a lot of them were about long toenails and long fingernails how do they make you feel yeah ick yeah nah no don't like some nice long nails andy finger fingernails not too bad but toenails that's what i'm not dating a peregrine falcon Um, right okay here's one Um, first date when the guy told me his nan gives him £50 allowance a week I mean how old was he (laughs) they were only 10 he's like 16 years old and I'm like 38 38 yeah yeah no that's not okay um, hearing them go to the toilet. <laughs> Provided they shut the door. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, if I see it, no. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, he owned a flashlight and got it out to show his pals at a party. What's that? It's a male dildo. Pretty much what you can put your you put your wanger into it and go for it, and it's a no. That's definite ick. What? It's like a fake vagina. Pretty yeah. much exactly that. It's like it's in a torch. That's why it's called a flashlight. It's inside a torch. But then what like, is it in a torch so that if someone comes around, you're just like, oh, that's just my torch. I just leave it here by my bed in case I get scared at the night. At the night. Can William round the head with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's why. Why would you start flatting that around your mate? You just get rinsed for that. Absolutely. Um. Okay. Here's one. Having sex once finished, the guy got up and said, "I'm good, aren't I?" <laughs> I think that's quite funny. No, I can. No. I don't think it's funny to, to do enough to do it, but I think that's just imagine having the. I can't use the word balls because that's quite a good pun. Um, imagine having the audacity to get off and go, yeah, that stallion, eh? <laughs> Andy, I wouldn't put it past you to do that. Oh, no, I'm... No, I'm do you know what? Off. I think if you, were, lover. <laughs> if you were like in a relationship with someone, maybe. But see, if, if it was like dating someone... Yeah, if you're in a relationship, you're like... That was quite good, wasn't it? Like sitting with him, getting the bicep in, going, <laughs> "Yeah!" Looking in the mirror, going, "You know it, you know it." I think you would do. I would probably do it for a piss take, but I wouldn't do it and actually mean it. <laughs> Sorry, because I'm not that good. <laughs> oh. Um. Okay. Two more. Um. He didn't like dogs. Oh. Yeah, that that would give me the ick. Well, that's more like a deal breaker than an ick. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the deal breaker. Worse if he said, "Yeah, I prefer cats." Leave, leave right now. Uh, okay, last one. Um, oh, t-shirt with no boxers on. 
<laughs> Took me ages to think about what that would look like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I think because, right, reverse that to a girl, just t-shirt with no pants on. Sexy. Sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've got to reverse that one back and say that you don't have things that hang low. Well, yeah, no, exactly. That's why weird. it took me a while to think about it. <laughs> but it might not hang low enough. Like, so it might just be <laughs> a little tiny millimeter at the end. <laughs> T-shirt. Uh, yes. Um, Emma, have somebody, you got somebody, any was that, from, was that from Laura? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you need a shorter t-shirt, Andy. So I need a longer t-shirt so you can't see anything. Right down to the ankles. Don't want to see anything. Oh, no come teas- on. <sighs> Do I uh, have any? Yeah. I'm not sure. Of, like, I can't really think of any. Because mm-hmm. mine have all been very heteronormative. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, I don't know. I probably don't date enough to have any ex. <laughs> But yeah, it is, it's one of those weird ones where like it can be completely irrational. Like most of these actually were rational. But um, on La La La, let me explain. So, someone had written in saying he went to Italy to learn how to make gelato. And that gave her the ick. And everyone was like, what? <laughs> kind of the place you would want to go to learn how to make gelato, is it not? <laughs> but, so I wonder what it was about that. like, Because that, that probably says quite a lot about someone. Unless, like, their job is to make gelato. Like, if they went to the effort to go and do that, because they just thought... "Mm." Like, I'm not just going to learn off, like, BBC food. (laughs) (laughs) It was probably the way it was said. Like, you know, when someone's like, oh, my God, I once made ice cream myself. And, like, you can do it by this YouTube video. And then he's probably like... (laughs) I actually went to Italy to learn how to make gelato, which isn't ice cream, by the way. It's different. It's better. Yeah, I can see why that would give you that. Yeah, that's good. Especially if you say it like that, Emma. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I know what gives Shona the ick. People swallowing. I didn't hear that. Uh, I, I don't think I can swallow again. There wasn't enough saliva. So the thing is, right, it's not like in this context it would be fine it's just if there's any personal trainers listening who are doing zoom sessions and then that person that you're training is wearing airpods and then they're heavy breathing and then drinking their water that makes me feel really unwell because i don't want to hear it like i can literally hear the noises inside your head and inside your throat and it's not nice do you know what does give me a bit of the ick is like really heavy breathing through your nose like if you're both like reading or something, like I'm like, how can you be like? How do you need to breathe so much? That gives me. Bit... Sorry that I'm trying to survive and live in the same air as you. <laughs> do you think so? It's something that I've noticed about myself, Emma, is that I'm like the things that annoy me about someone else. I do them all myself. So, um, like, I, I don't think I could live with another me because I would be so annoyed by me. But I'm just, like, quite an intolerant person of other people. Interesting. Mm. That's interesting because you'd think you'd be more aware, like, if you're like, oh, I find that really annoying, you'd be more aware that you do it and then you'd not do it. Yeah, because I, I hate... It's people. annoying until I do it and then it's fine. Yeah. It's yeah, cute. Like, so, <laughs> I know, I think that's it. Like, so I can't deal with hearing... Paul eat but then he says when I drink tea like I inhale the tea so I go oh yeah but how much better does it taste when you're like tastes so good doesn't it but he's like see if you were listening to me do that you would have stopped me by now (laughs) didn't we do this in in deal breakers and it was like would it be a deal breaker if every time someone took a drink they were like We did do that in Deal Breakers, you're right. I yeah. remember that. Yeah. I've, I've now got the ick. Right, well, I think this is a good... Slap the cup of tea at your hands. Hopefully everyone now has the ick or is offended by this point. And, um... 
We've done our job. The Tories, but it's fine. We've offended you enough. <laughs> we didn't mention Tories, but did you see the post in Commit to Six? Yes, it did. <laughs> Which was also on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, it was a TikTok. Do you know what? I actually didn't see that coming. I thought they were just going to say... Because say you say it. Tory. Yeah, which is totally different than Tory. Tory. Which Tory. is how... That's how, that's how Tories say it. Yes, it is. How, right, I sound like a Tory. Fine. That's what <laughs> I thought was going to say. And then they were like, yeah, it just every time we try and say it, it comes out as... I can't say word. that word. The C word. Emma, you own that word. No. <laughs> Not She's like, no, I don't want to say it. Uh, <laughs> we just... can't say it on the, the on the podcast. No. But I have heard her say it before. I think I have said it in the moment. Yeah. Not in that moment. Give me the egg. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> okay, bye guys. <laughs>